for like eight years, Catherine and then our friends, they had been conspiring to like get me to move to Chicago. It was terrifying at first, but there's just so much more infinite amounts of like experience and opportunity. I think the biggest thing was just because, you know, being small business owners, we would basically kind of be like starting over a new business in a place that we don't know super well. So that was probably the most terrifying part for me. And in my head, it was just like, well, let's just do it. And if it doesn't work, we'll just go back. <laughs> yeah. In this episode, we're featuring the Spriggs. They are wedding photographers that live in Chicago. Before that, they were living in New England in a small town and made the jump to the big smoke of Chicago for new opportunity and change. In this episode, we'll cover what it's like to be freelancers working together, how you manage that with a daughter, and some of the benefits of moving to a city as a family and managing that workload. Super excited to have these guys on the show. We met them a few years at one of my good friend's wedding, and then again a few years later at another friend's wedding. So these guys hustle around. They shoot weddings all over the New England, Chicago, and all over the country. So we hope you appreciate the show with the Sprags. Hey, bud. Hey, Daniel. How are you? Good. How's it going, man? Long time to see. Hey, yeah. I'm here too. How are you? Great, Kate. How are you? I'm good. Why don't we start off? Tell me what Sunday mornings are like at the Sprags. Oh, man. So during the summer, they're like, uh, typically we've shot a wedding on Saturday. So for us, Saturdays are like one of the busiest days of the week. <laughs> So typically we shoot a wedding on Saturday and then on Sunday morning, we're kind of waking up from, you know, a long, hard day. <laughs> so apparently we're just kind of chilling in our bedroom and we just put our friend's baby to sleep. <laughs> she just went off to work as well. So yeah, Sunday mornings are kind of like recovery, unless of course there's a wedding on Sunday morning, in which case we're... Getting back at it. Yeah, we're, we're going back out. Back to back, I guess I didn't think about that, but that definitely happens, huh? Yeah, sometimes there's, I think only once or twice in our like business career, we've done Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I don't think I'll ever do that again, because that's just way too much, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so every once in a while we'll have a Saturday-Sunday weekend where it's just the whole thing just kind of disappears. And then Mondays for us is kind of like the, the day off. <laughs> Got it. And so where where are you guys now? Uh, so we lived in we live in Chicago. We moved here January 1st. So yeah, we left the Boston area on January 1st and we arrived out here a couple of days later. And we've been here since early 2018. And we live kind of a little bit north of the downtown area of Chicago, close to the lake in a neighborhood called Lakeview, and we love it. What prompted the move? Um, so for like eight years, Catherine and then our friends who had moved out to Chicago a long time ago from the same area, um, they had been kind of all conspiring to like get me to move to Chicago for a long time. And it took them about seven or eight years, but finally... Uh, Catherine was given an opportunity to to do some work out here with her friends. So on a whim, I was like, I guess you know, I was I was gonna I was actually going on a business trip, and I was like, when we get back, when I get back from business trip, I'll I guess we can seriously talk about you know maybe moving out there because I didn't want to like you know stand in her way of like you know opportunities and stuff. 
And as soon as I said that, like while I was on my business trip, they all started like looking for apartments and like applying for apartments. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess it was kind of game over for me at that point. But um, it's been incredible. It was terrifying at first, but uh, yeah, it's it's there's it's like there's a lot more. It's a little bit more expensive to live in a city, but there's just so much more infinite amounts of like experience and opportunity. So why was it terrifying? And you grew up right around where I did down in Southern Maine or New Hampshire, right, Daniel? Yeah, we both kind of grew up throughout New England. I was born in Massachusetts and then my family moved to Maine um, when I was pretty young. And then Catherine was born in New Hampshire and bounced back and forth between New Hampshire and Connecticut. So we were kind of like all over the place. Right. And so moving to Chicago, it's for sure the biggest city you guys have ever lived in, right? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we'd visited quite a few times. So it felt like a second home because we had been here a couple times a year for many years. But I think the biggest thing was just because, you know, being small business owners and having a very rooted business in the area we were in and like all of the contacts and, you know, all of the kind of work we had put in for that area, it would basically kind of be like starting over a new business in a place that we don't know super well. So that was probably the most terrifying part, especially because we have a kid. So it's like trying to make sure you're financially stable, but, you know, also taking risks at the same time is kind of like, that's was the biggest hang up for me. Oh, I can totally feel that and imagine that because we've just kind of done the same thing. Sophie was pushing for a few years to get us to leave Portland. And as sort of the chief earner of the family, I couldn't fathom giving up the security of a regular paycheck when I knew starting over anywhere we were going to is going to come with so many challenges. And, you know, I considered myself pretty fearless before kids, but after kids, I I had a totally different association with risk and fear. And I felt myself like curling up into a little ball often when I had to make big life decisions. Yeah, that is 100% how I was feeling. It was like comfortable. And we I love the town we were in. We're close to family and like, you know, free childcare. And there's just a million reasons I could come up with to not move. But um, and in my head, it was just like, well, let's just do it and if it doesn't work we'll just go back (laughs) yeah of that female impulse get us to get off our asses and you know take leaps of faith yeah and so what what was it for you Catherine, that drove you to chicago i know you had friends there but what was the allure of the city i wanted city life in general like i just every time i visit a city i'm just like so obsessed with the fact that i can just walk everywhere and i can see so much and there's just so much diversity and i really want wanted that for Addison growing up in New England and not knowing any of that from a young age. I really wanted her to see all of that from a young age and really experience it and kind of see that a million different people can live together in one place and it's amazing. I really wanted Boston, but we were too close to justify all of that. So Chicago was pretty affordable as far as the cities to go to. And like he said, our friends were here. So it was a lot easier of a step towards city life. And we love it. Like we walk Addison to school and I just, I'm getting all the things that I was hoping for, (laughs) including an extra baby. (laughs) So yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Who's the extra baby in the background and where do you guys land when you got there? Yeah. So he is only just turned four months old. But when we moved out here, we moved in with our best friends and my best friend, Sarah, 
just had him in May, um, and we moved into a new apartment and stayed together. So it's me and Dan and Addison and Sarah and Gray. Yeah. We've got our own little family. Sarah works out of the house full time, and we work at home full time. So we a lot of times keep the baby. She does have some nanny help at work, so she takes him sometimes. But if we're here on a Sunday, we'll just keep him with us. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's nice kind awesome. of hanging out with a little baby again because our daughter's seven. So yeah, and she's an only child but she kind of gets to experience sibling life, which is great. Yeah. And I could imagine, you know, she must have helped you guys out a ton with Addison when you first got there. You've been there for a couple of years, so. Yeah, it's kind of, it's been one of the things that has helped with kind of leaving all of our, our family and friends that used to help with Addison back home having somebody else at the house that also, you know, is willing to hang out with our kid. Yeah. And it's still super helpful. Like if we have to fly for a wedding or something, we'll take Addison sometimes, but it's tough to take her every time. So it's nice to be able to keep her in her, basically in her home with her little brother. She likes to call him um, for a weekend or something. It works out really well. That's awesome. I love the stories of the modern families coming out. You know, there's so many ways in which people are doing it and making it happen. And the, you know, the Uber and and Airbnb, all these things didn't come up because for no reason, like our generation is doing this because we have to, like we have to financially or we want to, like it's more interesting to share our lives with others than it is just to keep them to ourselves. Yeah, I think it is like, I think it's because we have to, like I think rent and just cost of living has gone so crazy compared to like how much we're all making on average. Like I think roommates is almost getting to the point where it's no longer optional. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. It's also a lot of like just the regular, like I hate everything to do with the kitchen and cooking. And so all of that was on Dan when it was just us living together. And it was, I mean, it's amazing now because our roommate is a chef. So she always wants to be cooking and providing amazing food. And then I can make up for that by, you know, doing the dishes, which isn't my favorite thing, but it's nice to just do the dishes and not also have to stress about the food part. So it's nice to just each have our own little thing that we can contribute. And it's so helpful, too, when you have, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, parenting feels like a three-person job. I mean, you can do it alone. You can do it with two, but you can't get anything else done. Yeah. Work-wise. Especially when you're working at home and there's like, you know, a kid running around asking if you can read books and, you know, make her food or get her a snack or, you know, there's never like a downtime unless you're like thrown on the TV. But like, that's, I guess, another thing that people are trying to stay away from these days is makes it interesting working from home. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So can you tell us what a day in the life? Well, I mean, they always change from event day to editing days. But what are what's the workflow like? And how do you balance it both working together and working from home and doing that as a family? Um, I mean, it's changed a lot throughout the years. Back in the early days, Catherine was working full-time and also photographing full-time with me. Um, so back then, I was doing most of the business work. So I would do all of the calling all the images, so selecting like which ones we were going to deliver, editing all the images, doing the emails and stuff like that. Uh, now that we're just kind of both doing this, she'll go through and call the wedding. And when I say call the wedding, I mean like get rid of blurry photos or get rid of doubles. And then like kind of weed it down to like the final amount of images that we're going to give. 
I have ADHD and that used to take me so long to do because it was just so tedious and I just, my brain can't do stuff like that. So since she's taken over that, like that's been huge, but she does that. And then I spend quite a bit of time editing and, and toning the images. Um, she does all pretty much all of the emailing now as well. And then I'm, you know, usually trying to figure out new ways to figure out how this city works because like we were talking about before like it's essentially like a new business in a new place and you know trying to figure out how to find the right clients and stuff like that is a big part of what I'm thinking about a lot of days yeah most mornings I mean now it's nice because school's back in session so it's like I'm up earlier than I would normally be up and getting Addison to school and then as soon as she's at school it's like I do a pretty good mix of like I'll do some work do some house stuff, kind of bounce back and forth. And are the weddings primarily May through October? Is that when you guys are out and about most every weekend shooting? Yeah, yeah. the majority of them are throughout May through October. And yep. still we're kind of like half and half between Chicago and the East Coast. So we fly back a lot on the weekends. Yeah, in, in November, kind of everything slows down. And back when Addison didn't go to school, that was like when we could just, you know, kind of travel around because everything was much slower and we can do most of our work from our laptops. So what was life like back then compared to life like now? You said you could travel around. Is that something that was a big part of your lifestyle was hitting that November and feeling like yeah. you could breathe again and then hitting the road? and getting some yeah. inspiration for the next year yeah we would uh well one year yeah we took like a almost a three-month road trip with addison around the country and that was uh i mean something we wish we could do every winter but um, we're very very glad that we did that because i don't know it was it was one of the best times of our lives for sure but yeah with school now it's trying to figure out how to like still travel and like you know go around to different places but then you know, not get her school all mad at us. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that before from other guests. And so you guys are feeling a little bit more rooted these days in the city. Even though you do travel a lot for work, you're not taking these big adventures as a family like you could when Addison was a bit smaller. Right, right. yeah. Because when it's the summer, we're super busy. And then when it's the winter, she's super busy. So it's like... I'm, I'm kind of always dreaming. So I'm always kind of like, how can we figure out how to make that work again? Yeah. <laughs> Which, obviously, homeschool yeah. is a good option, but we're not there yet, so. Yeah, I was actually homeschooled, but I don't know if I could ever homeschool someone. We tried it once. It didn't work. Yeah, no, well. it, was, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, when you work from home and you work together and then you think about doing the homeschooling, I mean, it's a lot. And then you kind of also, you have to put up those guards against isolation from just turning inward and not having this community because you just literally have to spend so much time together to accomplish your daily routine. Actually, one of the and one of the kind of the ideas that I've been tossing around in my head the last few days, like literally, like maybe two days. Um, so since we're in the city, there's once again, there's a lot of opportunity. And uh, one of the cool things you can do in the city is uh, these things called boot camp. And they're essentially like little micro schools for like anything you can imagine. There's uh, any number of things. And one of them is coding boot camps. And you essentially go to boot camp for three months. And after three months, you're 
ready for the workforce and you can get a job right away. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's what I went to school for originally was uh, computer engineering. And like all of my family are computer engineers. So a thing I've always been interested in. So I don't know, maybe if uh, if that pans out, we can kind of do weddings a little bit more part time and then, you know, travel around and because a lot of uh, I, a lot of coding jobs you can just do from home anyways or wherever you are so totally it's never a bad idea to acquire more skills yeah especially these days yeah so can you tell us a little bit what it was like when you first had Addison and and how you're able to balance this crazy hectic lifestyle of being a wedding photographer that is you know full on day of and even post production there's I mean you're working just as hard if not harder than everybody else and then you also have a child to care for that you can't be around for at least during the event day so how'd you guys balance that early on? I think in the early days it was almost a little easier because we had so much family and like anyone wants to hang out with a cute little baby so (laughs) (laughs) it was really easy to pawn her off on family for a day during weddings and then I mean we were really spoiled with a sleepy baby so we were still able to edit pretty frequently I would say it got a little bit more difficult when she was more mobile yeah when she became more mobile and then more cousins came into picture um then like you know all of a sudden everybody's getting asked to babysit all the time from multiple angles so that kind of gets a little bit more difficult but yeah in the very early days I was pretty determined too, though, when we had Addison to just continue living our lives and just kind of have her join us in that. So we were still, you know, like we would still take date nights and get a babysitter and kind of keep things semi-normal. I mean, obviously it's a lot busier and you're a lot more tired doing it, but. Yeah, that was another thing too. Like we were very anxious to like have people watch her right away because we didn't want a lot. I feel like a lot of our friends would kind of disappear once they had a kid and like weren't, weren't able to do anything anymore. And so that was like one of the biggest things for us was to like find people that could take her almost immediately. And luckily our jobs kind of forced us to do that as well. Um, I think the first time she stayed overnight somewhere else, she was like six weeks old yeah, or something. <laughs> so that was scary, but it was kind of also band-aid off though. Yeah. But I didn't want to get into a place where I was like not comfortable leaving her. Um, obviously if we didn't have a place, it wouldn't have been an option. We were really, really fortunate to have yeah. multiple options available to us. Yeah, and because you knew you you would eventually have to with the kind of career that you had. Right. right, exactly. And you mentioned earlier in the call that she used to travel with you. So at what point did you feel confident or comfortable enough to have her with you on wedding day? Yeah, she's been to quite a few weddings. Um, I think because of our branding and just our social media, clients can sometimes pick up on the fact that Addison is with us a lot. And so sometimes they'll be like, hey, feel free to bring Addison. And if they say that, then we'll bring Addison along. I don't think it's gotten to the point quite yet where we're just going to bring her to a wedding without, you know, them specifically wanting us to. But a lot of times, like if we're traveling back home, then we'll take her back home and, you know, she can hang out with family and cousins and stuff like that while we're shooting a wedding. So that's really nice um, because we still do shoot quite a bit of weddings back in the East Coast. So that's awesome. That's great. And I imagine the move to Chicago has made travel not so difficult because you've got an international airport right there. Yeah. And it's kind of normalized it as well, too, because the first year we moved out here, it was kind of a it was a very last second move. It was a very spur of the moment decision. I think we decided we were going to move. And then a couple months later, 
Because we, we had been talking about it for so long, though. Right, but it, like we didn't have any plans. We didn't plan. Yeah, right. no, we didn't plan it out. So I think that year we had already booked over 10 weddings in that area. So we had to fly back for all of those. <laughs> and that was amazing and also intense. But it was a good way to transition from the East Coast to Chicago because we got to be home a lot still. Right. And this was two years ago. So Addison was about five. Yeah, she when we moved here, it was... Um, she was halfway through kindergarten. And speaking of wilding children and crazy kids and expectations, I think another huge worry of mine was Addison was going to be, you know, uprooted and unstable and, you know, miss all of her friends from kindergarten and her cousins and stuff like that. And she has missed her cousins quite a bit. That's probably the biggest hit for her. But I mean, almost immediately day one, she was down and as soon as we got here totally happy with moving so it's pretty incredible how resilient kids are emotionally uh so yeah that was that was an interesting thing to learn it was actually me that was way more it took a lot more time for me to like consider this place home for sure so do you guys have any funny stories of trying to balance the work life and in career taking Addison with you? Any manic moments trying to make it all happen? I mean, I think our, our best story is that Dan missed the birth of Addison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because shooting a wedding. <laughs> that will happen. So yeah. it was kind of like, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I said, oh, great. And we're due during wedding season. So you probably won't be there. And I guess I manifested that from the beginning because that definitely happened. Yeah. I was like, the odds are that I'm going to be there. It's like four days out of the month that I'm not going to be there. <laughs> so he showed up about an hour after. Yeah. She I was just born. barely missed it. Um, I think our other craziest, most insane thing was um, my best friend who we live with was due on May 5th. And uh, Dan flew out the morning of May 4th. Addison had a febrile seizure. She had strep throat and her fever rose up really high. And so on that morning that Dan flew out of town, I had Addison in an ambulance on our way to the hospital. And my best friend came to the hospital and said, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm in labor. <laughs> so Dan's out of town. It's just us here. We're thinking like, oh, hopefully, you know, maybe you'll have a baby this weekend, but well, that we can manage that. And then on top of that, Addison ended up in the emergency room for seven hours while Sarah came with us and labored in the hospital while her labor was like slowly picking up. And the whole while Dan is on the East Coast, just kind of keeping touch by phone, missing another labor in the family. <laughs> and also his child in the hospital, which is very nerve-wracking. Um, my mom ended up flying out the next morning. And I mean, everyone just kind of stepped up. We had our best friends in the city come to watch Addison. We finally got to go home, so we weren't stuck overnight. But um, my best friends in the city came to watch Addison at five in the morning while Sarah and I went off to the hospital to like, you know, her labor had really picked up and it was time to go. Um, and my mom ended up flying in and poor Dan missed the whole because of a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it shows your commitment to your clients. Clients first. 
just yeah we do have clients ask like you know what if you can't be there and we kind of always tell those stories like i mean it would basically take death right for us <laughs> yeah you know sometimes you're going to miss stuff because you have a commitment to capture you know one of the most important, important days of their lives so far what's it been like to share that with so many people like what's the do, does it get old do what's the feeling you get like when does it give you goosebumps every time a lot of times yeah. it really doesn't ever get old i don't know about goosebumps but i've definitely like cry at almost every wedding especially now like that's another thing with kids like you think you are one person and then you have a kid and you change almost overnight into a completely different person um like now like when you know parents are having their dances or any good speech that is happening or like you know good vows like oh man i'm a sucker for good vows like like you just start to like project your whole life onto these people that you don't really know like oh what's this going to be like for me in the future or and we also tend to book a lot of clients that are pretty similar to us and like we really mesh well with so yeah, yeah. It, it definitely never gets old. I can totally feel, I feel the same, like I was saying about risk before, but I'm a sucker for, you know, weddings or movies or moments in life where you can, you just feel the intensity of that moment and you can, you understand so much more post-children about commitment and love and, you know, and, and just being able to give everything to them and your family. And um, yeah, it completely alters certain moments that before probably would have had very little meaning to me or or most people yeah i think love is one of those things that you think you know and then you experience like a kid loving you and it's like blows your mind it's like oh wow i don't i never knew what love was until this moment because <laughs> i don't know it, there's so much baggage that comes along with like you know loving someone and then like a little child loves you completely effortlessly and it's just incredible it's really refreshing so can you tell us a little bit what life is like today in Chicago? Awesome. Busy. Nothing crazy going on. We're just kind yeah. of doing our thing. It's. I will say Chicago is like, we've been to almost all of the big cities in the United States and Chicago is the best. I know that New York is technically the best because it's New York, but uh, mm -hmm. man, Chicago is just incredible. Having the lake really scratches the ocean itch because it just behaves like an ocean. It always looks different and kind of feels like the ocean. Um, in the back of your mind, being a New Englander, you know it's not the ocean, but it definitely helps with that. And then like the city just butts up right against the lake. So you got the skyline kind of looming over you and then people playing volleyball in the summers on the beach in front of you, like with the kind of ocean vibes. And then there's, you know, rivers and the food, the ethnicity. Um, it's an incredible city. There isn't really much wrong with it other than, you know, the there's some pretty big racial issues still going on. Um, politicians are, I guess, kind of starting to flip. People are starting to finally leave positions that they've been in for a really long time. So that's been an interesting thing to, to see. But yeah, overall, this city is really just an incredible place. I feel like it gets a really bad rap and it also is very underrated. I don't know. Chicago's the best. <laughs> I haven't spent much time there and I'm not really a city guy either. And I think a part of me would be quite fearful of moving to a city, but it's refreshing to hear you talk about it like that. I, I'd never really considered Chicago or how the lake could scratch that ocean itch for sure. Yeah, I am the same way. I, I never really was drawn to live in the city until I was kind of pushed and some would say forced to live in the city. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's trees everywhere here. It's kind of got that Midwest charm. There's a lot of like people are really nice in general. It's not like Boston where everybody's yelling at you, which I kind of love. But yeah, it's, it's just a, a great place. Way greener than you would think of a city. The parks are beautiful and the neighborhoods are incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, I won't move so quickly through Chicago next time I'm there. And how has it been building the business there? Have you felt welcome there? Has it been a challenge? Has it been easy with more people around? How have you found the transition? Definitely a challenge. Um, but at the same time, we feel very welcome. One thing about the Wetherby business here is that everyone works together a lot more than we experienced on the East Coast. Um, on the East Coast, it was kind of like everyone did their own thing and kind of stayed out of everyone's way. And I mean, you, we definitely found like some closer knit groups where you could like, you know, refer things out and kind of get advice. But this Midwest Chicago thing, I mean, everyone is yeah kind of works a- together, you know, main photographers shoot for each other all the time. And it's really nice to see that. I kind of like things to happen quickly. So, you know, Dan's worry about moving was getting the business really going again. And that is definitely probably not happening as fast as I would hope, but it's going great. I mean, yeah, we're surviving. (laughs) Yeah. And we're finding a lot of clients that we love in the city. And honestly, we're still booking East Coast weddings as well, just from having been there for so long. So we'll see what this winter next wedding season brings, I guess, as we, uh, get through the fall here yeah it's actually gone a lot better than i thought it was going to go i thought it was going to be like doom and gloom like yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to start getting you know a lot of other jobs and it's been way quicker transition than i thought so well that's great congratulations i mean you clearly do amazing work so that's i guess that maybe that's the best part about being a, a freelancer or working for yourself is that you get to take that work with you anywhere you go yeah yeah That being said, being freelancers and working together all the time, can you guys talk us through like any routines or how you balance that as a couple? And I know we kind of touched on this before, but is there anything else you'd like to share about your workflow or how you manage it successfully? Working together weddings is where we really shine when we're shooting weddings. It's very, I mean, we get compliments and comments on it all the time. It's very obvious that we know what we're doing together and separately at a wedding and we kind of bounce around and just are in the exact area that we need to be because we know where the other one wants to be and that kind of thing yeah i think weddings is where we really shine i mean there's at home definitely struggles when you both work from home together for so long and you have such different personalities i'm very much like get up and get the house clean and then get to work and dan's very much like i'll just get up and kind of like dabble and work and then kind of mosey around (laughs) (laughs) that part of it is a little bit more stressful but We make it work somehow. I think a big change, I've recently started rock climbing again, and that has gotten me out of the house to do some work. So kind of being in a different location and doing some work has helped quite a bit from being more structured. That is true. It's helped a ton because, you know, he has other photographer friends that he, you know, wakes up in the morning, goes climbing, and then they can work from the gym. So it's not like he comes home and I'm distracting him with a thousand things that I want to get done for the day. 
So that's helped a lot. Yeah, that's great. The climbing gym is an amazing resource for families or, or for you, you know, having a multi-purpose space where you can go and work out and have a shower, eat some food, do some work. You know, it's not just like going to the gym, It's but they, they do have the gym there too if you want that more traditional workout. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how much return on investment you get for a climbing gym. Like, I can't even believe or fathom that anyone would go to any other gym. Because like you said, they have a regular gym there, and then they have this other way more fun gym there. (laughs) And like all of the people are super friendly, and it's kind of like you just kind of get invited into this kind of family that's already going. Like, I don't know, and it's just been incredible. I've met so many people through the climbing gym. And then, you know, bringing, you can bring your kid and kids can climb together. And uh, it's just such an incredible vibe. And it's so cheap compared to other gym memberships. So, I mean, obviously going to the gym is like uh, everybody wants to do it. But was there any specific reason why you felt like at whenever you decided to go back, why you you went back? Um, So the last time I had climbed at a rock climbing gym was pretty much when I found out that Kate was pregnant. Okay, picked me up from the climbing gym and then like life changed and I, I don't know I just never really made time for it after that and then like I've always kind of thought of it fondly and missed you know going and then a buddy of mine who's also a photographer was like hey do you want to do you want to go climbing and I was like immediately I was just yes and that kind of naturally turned into this routine that that we do every week and yeah it's been incredible I feel strong for the first time in a long time and I'm getting way more work done way than I normally work, yeah. would do. I mean, it's been one of the most positive things yeah. about being in the city is. And since it's the city, time. yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge community. So there's just, once again, there's just more opportunity anywhere. Like the, the thing about being in a city is like, you can go to the bar and there's just opportunity waiting at the bar that you can go to, you know, the gym and there's people that, you know, do stuff in the city that are just waiting to like connect with you. So. That's like the biggest thing. The biggest difference between small town and city living is that there's just endless opportunities out there. And you just have to be willing to invest either in yourself or invest that time into going out there and meeting the people, even though it's going to cost you money. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you just got to get out there. Um, that's really interesting about the gym. I feel like it's exactly how you described it, Dan. As soon as you find out you're pregnant, you kind of just put the blinders on to any type of like activity that might have been for your own personal development or betterment and focus on work or creating your home, you know, finishing that renovation so your home's perfect or, you know, caretaking for each other or food or this or that. And all of a sudden, a few years go by and you're no longer like what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Kate taught me that too. Not long after having kids, she started training for marathons kind of randomly out of the blue. She had never run before. And so she started, you know, putting a lot of time in running and and training and, you know, going to these marathons and that kind of, I don't know, it was probably another reason why I was kind of excited to get into a gym atmosphere. And do you think that's been easier for you guys to find that time for yourselves because you're, you work for yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Because it's not like we're not nine to five. We don't get home and then dinner time, rush to bed, get ready to start the day again tomorrow. You know, we kind of, like I said, I kind of bounce back and forth between doing house stuff and also working on the business and editing and all that so it's like a lot of that's already done by the time school is out or by the time you know it's getting later in the day and it's Mm -hmm. 
definitely easier to schedule in yeah, stuff time for yourself day. when you can schedule your whole day right. on your own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping me from like, if there's work that I need to do, doing it later in the evening or, right. you know, earlier in the day or on the weekend or whatever. So being able to make your own schedule. It's definitely our favorite thing. Yeah. It's the best part for sure. The worst part is that like you're always working kind of right. you're always thinking about work there's no like shut off like oh i'm done working i'm gonna go home and then you don't have to think about it at home so yeah uh, definitely you're always thinking about working and you're kind of always working but also you can kind of do the real work whenever you want and do you have any advice for anyone considering working for themselves or or maybe turning that photography career into a full-time career and trying to do it as a couple. Oh man, photography has changed so much over the last yeah. 10 years. Uh, like getting into it now is so different than it was getting into it back when we started. And now it's a lot more, I mean, you really have to put the effort into the back end of the business to figure out how to get your name out there and how to get traction mm -hmm. on your site and, you know, have really a way for people to find you. Um, yeah, it's an interesting world because like everybody in general is just so much better at taking photos now because of the iPhone and you know people's like just quality of image taking has gotten so high and it's so easy to start a photography business yeah. that if I was gonna suggest somebody trying to become relatively independent uh, I, I would say learn to code <laughs> <laughs> a way better business. Don't do me. photography. Uh, yeah. My recommendation would be just to really figure out what you need, you know, for income, what you are looking for, for like, what do you want to work kind of thing? Because weddings are weekends. So it's like, I mean, if you're not really committed to being busy every weekend and missing a lot of other things because of that, I mean, yeah. just kind of thinking through like long term, what you're looking for, what kind of, yeah, like um, a lot of friends, birthday parties and, you you know, like other types of barbecues and all that kind of stuff, family get togethers, a lot of that stuff happens on the weekend. And if it's in the summer, a lot of it we're missing. So yeah, it's all about of, finding the other time to see those people or have time with them. But my biggest recommendation would just be, you know, figuring out exactly what you need for income, figuring out what you want your days to look like before jumping in and mm -hmm. going full time. And then finding a mentor, just finding somebody in the industry that you like and that maybe needs help like second shooting or stuff like that and just learning kind of how it works because it works different for everyone. Um, that is also though the best part. About everybody runs, yeah. You can make it work for you, but it's just, it is a lot more back end now used to Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's great advice. And, you know, we're kind of in a similar boat. And I some days wish that we weren't trying to produce content. And I was just writing code on a computer and did not give a shit about trying to put the right assets in front of the right client at the right time so they can be willing to invest in us for another few months or another year or something. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, tough. I mean, Being a creative these days is, uh, it's hard. At least we're not musicians, you know? <laughs> so sad. Tough world out there. Yeah, it's really hard to make a living being creative, but it's also really rewarding. Yes. Cool. Um, well, is there anything else you guys want to share? Anything that we didn't cover? Um, cats are really great for people who have this type of lifestyle because they can feed themselves and take care of themselves for days on end. So cats are awesome that's right and we'll need to give a shout out to is it milani milani and you can find her on instagram right <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah can. i can tell you your photography skills just by that page alone 
It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I need to do it more often, but it's really fun to Jeez. pretend to be an evil cat. Cool. And how about you guys, if somebody wanted to find out more about your work or were interested in hiring you guys for a wedding or any other kind of shoot, how would they find you? We're also on Instagram, but I mean, our website. Yeah, if you just search for the Spregs on Instagram, we're on there. If you search for the Spregs on Google, we're the number one, the Spregs on Google. And um, just right from our website. I mean, anyone can reach out even just to say hi. <laughs> and yeah, we do every type of photography. So weddings is definitely like the biggest part of the pie, but literally anything. So thanks for having us. Hey, thank you guys. I really appreciate the time and I can't wait for the next friend getting married when we just happen to see you there again back in new england somewhere yeah, yeah just drive through yeah. chicago since you live in a car <laughs> yeah make sure you stop and say hi it might be the next time around we're officially making our way south that's awesome yeah thank you yeah i'm excited to follow you guys trip that's a really really cool thing it's been fun it's been uh it's been great that's awesome we're excited to watch you guys journey cool Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thank you for taking the time. And sounds like you're doing great. So I hope I wish you the best. Same to you guys. All right. Good luck. Okay. Ciao, guys. Take care. This was our final episode in English for season two, Alternative Urban Families. Make sure you check out The Sprags online at thespragues.com or on Instagram, The Sprags. And if you're into witty cat humor, be sure to check out Tiny Cat Evil Genius on Instagram. The photos and the commentary is amazing. So up next, we've got Sofia Ruti from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Sofia Aldino, my partner and wife, has interviewed Sofia Ruti in Spanish. So that'll be our final episode for this season. If you're here to listen to those podcasts in Spanish, make sure you check it out. Rewilding Parenthood was produced by Afuera Vida, sound and editing by Mercedes Riva, and music by Tomas Tira. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you'd like to support us, please consider leaving us a review. Please share with a friend and make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you have any questions for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at Rewilding Parenthood. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to have you back next week for our next episode.